This is On and Off Your Mat podcast, episode one. My name is Erica and I'm your host, and I'm beyond excited to launch this podcast and have you join us for a very first episode. I sat down with three other teachers. I wanted to introduce the podcast and have a casual conversation about yoga, what it means to them, how it's defined in literature, and how it's seen by their students. You'll see Jenna, Monique, and Kara, they complemented each other very well, and they were offering different point of views. So take a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us on. So let's start by going around the table before we dig into our subject of the day. Say your name, say what you teach, uh, or what style, what crowds you teach to, so we get to know you a little better. My name is Jenna, and I teach in the California East Bay, Northern California. Um, I teach kids yoga, family yoga, hatha, vinyasa, and also a different style of class, which is more like a workout style class called TRX. Hmm. My name is Monique, and I teach in the North Bay, in the Bay Area, and uh, a little bit in San Francisco. And uh, primarily, um, the approach that I teach is called inner yoga, and um, there are different modalities within that. Um, but just to speak briefly about it, um, primarily it's yin yoga, which is a, a passive form of yoga, but the whole approach is really therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Um, so my intention is to hold a really um, therapeutic space um, for my students, but it can be anything from yin yoga to mindful flow to, you know, meditation, pranayama. Um, yeah. Awesome. My name is Kara and I teach in Marin County in Northern California. I teach a little bit of everything. I've, I teach vinyasa and hatha and kids yoga in schools. And, uh, today I'll be talking about paddleboard yoga and aerial yoga. And, uh, yeah. Good. And I'm Erica. I teach in Marin as well in San Francisco. I do hatha and vinyasa. And I've talked to a lot of gym goers, CrossFit athletes. I also teach yoga tune-up fitness, and I've worked with seniors a little bit and with teens as well. So we have a lot of different perspective around the table, which is super interesting. Um, And that will reflect on how we define what is yoga, which is our team of the day. I think an athlete might not see yoga the same way as a kid would. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? Totally, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what would be... It's all about perspective. Mm -hmm. How do kids see yoga? Mm. Well, I think it's it, it depends on what they want to get out of it, but a lot of times they just think it's stretching at first, and then when you start to explain the benefits or if you show them the benefits, take them through a class, you'd be surprised how much they appreciate the calming aspect of it. Most of the time when I ask kids after the fact, like, what was your favorite part, they say that the favorite part is that they feel calm. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they come in with one idea and then they leave with another one, which I is agree. how most people, yeah, how it happens. I think that's actually very similar with mm-hmm. athletes and gym goers mm-hmm. where they think they needed to counterbalance their other activities to make sure they don't get injured. Mm-hmm. And then they realize, actually, mm-hmm. focusing on the breath is really helping me you know, in the moment in competition or when it's time for me to lift some 
super heavy right. weight or right so, yeah some ways it, it it's just, it can be a doorway into mm-hmm. other possibilities and especially with kids i think there's this like innocence and receptivity that kids have that I think as adults, we um, unfortunately lose Mm -hmm. and maybe we come in with a particular agenda of what we want to get out of it. And um, I know you two have worked with teaching yoga to kids more, but um, yeah, I just think of them as really like receptive. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that in general, though, a lot of people get into yoga for one reason Mm -hmm. and come out of it with all sorts of other takings. Mm -hmm. I saw... um, a review or a study made by Yoga Journal just last year, and they were saying that people go for mainly flexibility, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, they go for stress release. And way down the line, there was strength and other things, but it was about flexibility and stress release. Those were their main concerns and why they started yoga, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. Yeah, it's just interesting as... I'm just thinking about it from like a teaching perspective. When I first started doing yoga, I was doing things really fast and Mm -hmm. doing really fast vinyasa. And I would have never thought that I would end up teaching a really passive Mm -hmm. therapeutic form of yoga. And it wasn't until I met my mentor and and went to her class that I was like, oh, like this is, I actually really need to be slowing down. Mm -hmm. I actually really need to be just really, really close to the ground Mm -hmm. um, and breathing deeply and meditating. So it's just interesting that um, it's not at all what I thought. I mean, I feel like people tend to gravitate towards things that bring them out of balance at first, Mm -hmm. like people who are more, um, this isn't the right word, but like more type A or who have a lot going on or have a lot of activity in their life tend to gravitate towards vinyasa classes or power or power flow or yeah. yeah. But then eventually I think that maybe people start to come around after the the yeah. practice starts mm. to bring them more to a place of balance, hopefully. Mm. I mean, that doesn't always happen, but... Mm. After the yoga starts working. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, they become yeah. more open to that. Yeah. yeah. Who what knows? they're actually needing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it just depends. So one of the questions I wanted to go into is when we tell people that we do yoga or we teach yoga, it's kind of a vague term nowadays it encompasses a lot of different things we see around the table Mm -hmm. um everything that that can include so i'm curious to see what are the follow-up questions that people ask you when you say i teach yoga or i practice yoga what's the first thing people are curious about well what kind of yoga do you teach that's Mm -hmm. the very first question i feel like Mm -hmm. do they know (laughs) if you start naming things do they know the different styles Uh, in general usually like maybe one or two like vinyasa is very popular Uh power yoga Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but once you start getting into restorative or Mm -hmm. i mean even aerial or um you know all these other kind of offshoots Mm -hmm. they don't know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i think there's an assumption um this is such a general statement but i think um just in the general population of people it's like vinyasa is very popular and so it might even be that assumption of like oh yeah you teach vinyasa Uh no not not really um and then if there's a curiosity of what i actually teach i might share more um but i think like you're saying it depends like what are they wanting what what are they wanting to know Mm -hmm. um, about yoga yeah yeah do people ever ask you how challenging your class is or to that level, like, how close is it to fitness? Yeah. Do you get that kind of question? Yeah. 
Um, I think a lot of times people assume that that they're not going to be able to do it for a certain reason. Like sometimes people will tell me that they're not flexible enough to take mm-hmm. class, but but that's why you take classes <laughs> or not. That's not the only reason, obviously, but it'll help to become more flexible. So sometimes people assume that it's not going to work for them, mm-hmm. um, in which case you just encourage them that it might and then if they show up then hopefully they like it um it's just I think it depends on who's asking yeah I think that's a good point I think that maybe there's this fear if they've never done it before Mm -hmm. that it's this thing they're supposed to be flexible to be able to do it and they're supposed to be able to do these certain poses and that's really so far from what yoga really is. Mm-hmm. And I often talk about it as, I mean, the essence of yoga is just breath and awareness. Mm-hmm. Like that is it. But there is a pressure culturally when you look at yoga yeah. to be very strong, very flexible. Oh, yeah. That's that true. Idea yeah. Instagram yoga and, oh, is not yeah. real yoga, right? Yeah, All right. those circus like poses that you yeah. see that are so impressive. And that covers too. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. You don't have to go very far. Yeah. So I think people obviously come with that idea. Yeah. This is yoga. I have to balance on my hand. I have to be able to touch my feet. Or my have head. to be extremely flexible and be able to get my foot behind my head mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, it's an issue when it comes to the photography that's being, that portrays yeah. what yoga is. Yeah. And some people already have think that they know, but you're mm-hmm. right. It's just mm-hmm. to be more aware. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I always try to talk to people about just wherever you're at be there you don't have to be anything else or do anything different or change anything um but that's always a challenge to get across too yeah yeah and I've done some work with uh veterans in the past Mm -hmm. too who are like missing a leg or missing an arm yes it's definitely not about the physical practice and so I relate back to that like that was a really eye-opening opportunity for me as a yoga teacher to really see that literally any and every body can do yoga any sort of yoga Mm -hmm. so when people ask me like or say start to say things I'm not flexible I can't do yoga Mm -hmm. um, or whatever the case may be I always try to tell them little stories yes you can do yoga yeah that's so sweet do people ever ask you what style you studied or who's your teacher that Mm -hmm. kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah I always say yoga works method Mm -hmm. but um yeah people ask that but my teacher is I mean I only have I have my teacher Mm. I don't I mean Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's a good answer. You're good. I, I think that's a great question that people ask. I actually love that. It, because they they want to know like where your background. Yeah, your background. Where did you study? Who did you study with? And you know, I think there's I, when I check out a new teacher, I always look at, yeah, where did okay, where did they come from? And it does show um, a certain knowledge of yeah, a bit more than oh, absolutely. the basic. Yeah, yeah, like what informs the class, what informs the practice. Yeah, I think it's a great question. How often people ask you about something else than the physical practice when they talk to you about yoga? Mm. Like a student comes to you. Like more of yoga philosophy? Is it 90% about the asana practice and how do I do this and how do I get there and better in this? Or do people ask you about meditation or pranayama or Mm. how... 
My existing students ask me those questions, but for if if it's someone just like off the street that I meet, who's who I take, who I say, I'm a yoga teacher too. It's mostly physical stuff. Mm-hmm. After classes too, um, I'd say about ninety percent are questions about asana mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, alignment, or am I doing this right, or mm-hmm. am I doing that right? Mm-hmm. Maybe one comment every now and then, like. I listened to everything you said about breathing today and <laughs> it really made a difference on my mat. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's rare. Mm-hmm. It is. is it less rare for you since you um, teach it a bit more? Maybe yeah, it's a little less rare. Um, like if there's a particular pranayama that I'm leading, I might get questions about it after, or I do teach more meditation in my class. And so it's kind of a meditation while you're in the in poses actually. So, um, Yeah, I think people have maybe more of a curiosity of, oh, I'm noticing, you know, the monkey mind or how do I work with that? And um, and that's when I kind of can work with people individually on that. It's a little bit it's interesting, you know, in a group dynamic to be addressing someone's difficulty mm-hmm. that's sitting awesome. in meditation because you're not seeing what's going on. Like with, in asana, you can see clearly, oh, this person's struggling or here is a yeah. way to adjust. Um, but with meditation, you don't really know what's happening with someone. Sometimes um, you can tell. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes it's obvious. But yeah, yeah. So I do get those questions more so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a different practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge is... If we teach vinyasa and hatha classes or classes that we may talk a bit less about the other aspects of yoga, when we talk about yoga, the big, you know, scope of yoga, the big umbrella, um, if we compare yoga today to 50 or even 5,000 years ago, we're talking about totally different things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Today, yoga in America is a 16 billion industry and we have 36 million practitioners. So there's going to be a lot of different mm. option possibilities mm. for sure but if we dig a little bit more in the traditional definition and maybe bring it back towards what we're talking about now it'd be interesting to see actually if it kind of all comes together at the end mm. or if it doesn't I have an idea but we'll see mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so literal meaning literal translation of yoga right I'm sure you've heard it a million times most Teachers have learned it. Serious students have heard it too. So we talk about to yoke, to join, union, balance, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what makes this definition challenging to keep really small is what are we trying to bridge together? What are we trying to balance or to bring in union? It's a great question. Mm -hmm. So any thoughts on that? Well, you're trying to be, it's self-awareness knowing yourself as your true self. I mean, it's just a lot to get into. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a loaded question. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we can spend a lot of time here, but I think that there's this way in which, you know, we as humans have come into this place, uh, you know, an egoic place of disconnect from our true selves, mm-hmm. you know, where our, we think our mind is disconnected from our body and our heart. Uh, and so it's actually this way of bringing us back. I think of it as like coming back home mm-hmm. to a place that we, we know it is essentially us. Um, but we just, because of just life and trauma and other things, we come so far from that and it's, it creates disconnect. And so, um, through asana, through meditation, through all of these different modalities and other 
things outside of yoga too, but can help us to come back to that place of, of union, yoking, coming, um, merging mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's my general go-to yeah. is uh, if I were to, you know, in 30 seconds or less, <laughs> you know, talk about it, it would be a union of mind, body, and spirit and nope, and every type of yoga that I teach, whichever mm-hmm. type of class. And like you were saying, other things that aren't yoga too, if it brings you that yeah. mind, body connection, and, yeah, dancing, um, mm-hmm. and... Yeah. Is spirit for you necessarily religious when we say mind, body, spirit? Not at all. No. No. Well, it just depends on what you what you feel is religious or not, like what religion means to you. I think there's a lot of really um, beneficial, like ritual type things involved in religion. And I think that for some people it's very, very, very helpful. But I think if it's something that creates like an innate a negative response inside mm-hmm. of your system you don't have to even think about it like mm-hmm. it, you have to figure out what's the thing that that lights you up and mm-hmm. if it's not religion then don't go there so I think that it can and it cannot mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily need mm-hmm. to be either or mm-hmm. yeah I definitely tend to be more cautious when using that word yes. like to spirit or mm-hmm. divine or god and you know i think everyone finds it in their own way whatever that is that could mean going to church that could mean for some people surfing you know it mm-hmm. could mean being on your yoga mat or meditation um but but yeah some way of, of connecting to that that true place that you know that is there's like a uh, deep stillness or a deep mm-hmm. peace that's inside of us and so however you mm-hmm. can get to yeah. it is everyone has to figure out so that's like the process of yoga to me is like the process can look like a lot of different things but as long as you're finding that like place of peace and calm and clarity inside of you then you're doing yoga right Mm. it doesn't need to look any specific way Mm -hmm. Mm. and spirit if it's not religion and someone asks you what what spirit if i don't believe in god what can it be? It could be nature, you mm-hmm. said, right? Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, I really liked what Earth. you said about like finding a way, like reconnecting to that place inside yourself. Mm-hmm. That um, it's such a great question. Like, what? Yeah, what is that? What does it feel like? And even you know, if I'm talking to my therapy clients or I'm talking to my students, and and I ask them about true self or spirit, and they say sometimes they'll say, well, "What does that mean?" Yeah. And thinking about a client the other day, actually, and I said, when you think about like when you're acting or in relationship with your true self um, in the world or with your partner, or with your friends and family, what does that feel like? Mm-hmm. like what does it feel like mm-hmm. in your body? Does it feel connected? Does it feel grounded? Um, what does it feel like when you're disconnected from mm-hmm. that? Um, or yeah, nature, or there's so many different ways. Being to able feel. to 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 feel all of those things mm-hmm. without it having anything to do with religion, mm-hmm. and calling that spirit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anything I think that feel, is. Go ahead. The f- so they say that this thing that we're trying to describe is impossible to describe yeah. with words. So, <laughs> yeah, so right? that's so the interesting. problem. That's yeah. so hard. Is I always try. I try to remind students to not think about it like Mm -hmm. it's not something that you're going to be able to intellectualize but you can feel it so like where do you feel it how does Mm -hmm. it feel experience that because the benefits of yoga are hard to describe they have to be experienced Mm -hmm. 
And you were mentioning connection within mm -hmm. yourself. What about connection outside of yourself? Can that be spirit? If it's nature, it's any power that maybe you don't understand that's mm -hmm. in the universe or community or family or friends. Is that part of your spirit connection, mm -hmm. in your opinion? Fully, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. It's connecting to the, you know, the, the self is rather than it being this, like I am separate from, mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting. I just, I'm just coming off this day long nature retreat yesterday, which was about like connecting to like, where do you find that reflection in nature and, um, and about it being, it's not just that it's, it's mine and that's here somewhere or mine separate from yours. But, and again, this might not resonate with everyone, this idea of kind of, you know, universal um, connection or spirit. Um, but that for me, that's, that's how I feel it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In relation to another, to nature, to myself, kind of that reciprocal. I was in, um, at a conference one time and Judith Hansen Lassler was speaking and she was talking about connection and something that has always stuck with me was she said that when we feel connected to one another or connected to a thing or a tree or whatever it is, when we feel connected, we don't want to harm that thing mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So the sense of when we take that, mm -hmm. you know, separateness away from it all, it just creates mm -hmm. this wonderful, beautiful thing. Yeah, to me, that sounds like love. Yeah, yeah. I was going yeah. to say that. Yeah. So, even with yourself, mm -hmm. being really, truly connected to yes. who you are, so you can be able to be compassionate with yourself and loving with yourself. We're so used to actually being kind of criticizing yeah, and mm -hmm. even violent I want to say towards yeah. ourselves negative self-talk mm -hmm. and yeah. yeah and I think that comes from the place of feeling disconnected mm -hmm. disconnected from ourselves disconnected from others from the world yeah and fear mm -hmm. also a misidentification with who you really are mm -hmm. like thinking that you're your mind or your body when you're really not you're this other thing this awareness of that the like what we're talking about being connecting inward rather than, I mean, yes, we have a body and we have a mind, but we're neither of those things mm -hmm. is what the yoga practice is mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. So when you're criticizing your whatever, like mm -hmm. long middle <laughs> toe or something like yeah. that, you're not really criticizing yeah. your true self because yeah. it's not who you are. Yeah. That's the ego versus the true nature. Yeah, I exactly. hear a lot about it. We can, mm -hmm. right. yeah. Yeah. And then just to kind of bring it back to the asana practice, it's, um, you know, I, I think, and I, I think what, you know, yoga is speaking to and why there are these asanas, uh, which came secondary to, you know, yeah. awareness and breath and meditation, but, um, it's this, it's this vehicle to be able to elicit that spirit or that connection. Mm -hmm. um, so all these poses that we do, whether it's, you know, just a simple child's pose or, you know, some crazy inversion, it, 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 it is this just this vehicle to to find that um, that space of peace of connection. Mm -hmm. One of the ways that really transformed my practice was the union between being and practicing mm -hmm. yoga. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being yeah. on the mat, being with my feelings, with my emotions, with what's going on in the body, in the mind, in my breath, rather than following. A, the rhythm of someone else or following. Yeah. But do you think that was you just becoming more conscious in your practice? Probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The definition of, of yoga that I, ha that has been most helpful for me yeah. 
is that yoga is the process of replacing old patterns with new and more appropriate patterns. And that's by T, um, Chris Macharia. Yeah. Um, and that's just because it was easier for me to wrap my head around that than it was to wrap my head around the word union or yeah. absorption, as also I've heard mm. Samadhi yeah. described as. And I was like, where am I absorbing to? Where, like, <laughs> who am I? What's right. going on? Right. But then when you think about it almost as like a process of like, just looking at everything that you do in a habitual way and trying to make all of those things more conscious, like you're saying, yeah. from practicing just like going through the motions and then actually being there mm. and doing that with consciousness and with awareness, that has was really, really helped me the most. That's mm. very interesting. And it relates to another um, division that I have here from... Bhagavad Gita, where it said, yoga is a deliverance from contact with pain and sorrow. Mm -hmm. Which for me, that was one of my favorites. It's not a typical one that you hear. It's not the yoga sutra definition, right? right? right. Um, which is yoga is the restraint of the modification of the mind. And that's probably the one you'll see most often, yeah. I would say. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't talk to everybody. It doesn't speak to mm -hmm. you necessarily. Yeah, well, that's why he wrote all the other sutras. <laughs> after that. Right, right. Exactly. That doesn't work for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there any other definitions that you guys carry mm. close to heart, or? I mean, just the simplest one for me is just like really, um, yeah, just coming back home. Yeah. Essentially, and you know, getting getting out of our um, kind of attachment to ego state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is where a lot of us are are stuck, and I think that's the, the journey as humans is yeah. to, is to um, move away from that, move back to where we started. I guess one last thought I had on that, not so much a definition, but more about like what yoga is to me, and you know, it it is something different right now than maybe it will be when I'm 50 or yeah, 60 yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, all the while the yoga will still be with me um, mm -hmm. so while I might be focusing on certain asanas like maybe one day being able to press into a forearm stand right now I also need to learn my foundations mm -hmm. like really fully maybe even more so than the asana so like the breathing and um, the more meditative practices and more gentle slower movements so that when I need those things when I'm older I will have them yeah. and 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 they will be learned To efficient tools, not something new that I need to learn because I've been focusing on these hard things my whole time in yoga. Um, but that it's, it's something that is meant to stay with you. I think it's important to know and not, not so much all about, you know, learning the asanas, although that's a part of it. But yeah, I loved what you shared, Erica, about the being just being where you are rather than like trying to trying to get somewhere or trying to improve in something mm -hmm. and I'm continually reminded when I'm forced to slow down like if I'm sick or something's going on grieving or you know whatever it is that I'm needing to really slow things down and realizing like oh yeah there's just being with what's here and sometimes that means yeah really like slow and gentle mm -hmm. and just yeah not needing to um necessarily like exert in a way that my body doesn't need in that moment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Is there any of those definitions that you feel don't work with certain groups of people you might teach to? Mm -hmm. Or is it just in the way we bring it, but it's always hidden under there? I try to sneak it in all the time. (laughs) Do you find yourself sneaking in even in a TRX kind of talking about (laughs) Oh, yeah. How do you do it in TRX? Just, like, teaching people to listen to their body Mm -hmm. and, like, and their own self-talk. Like, in both cases, in the case of, like, I can't do this mm-hmm. or the other case, it's, like, for me, it always comes back to habit. Like, you see the hab- the people who habitually overdo it mm-hmm. or the people who habitually underdo it. So you have to kind of figure out a way to talk to both of those people in, in a different way, but to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your mind telling you right now? And then what is your body actually telling you right now? Is your body saying, like ow, my shoulder hurts or is it, or is it that your shoulder's fine and your body's in your mind is telling you, you're not strong enough to do this. So I think Mm -hmm. that it can go both ways. It just depends Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. what your habits are. And, um, I always, I don't always teach, but sometimes I'll teach a class where say we do like three, three sets of something. The first set you have to do super slow, like literally as slow as you possibly can. And that makes people like get out of their normal, whatever, you know, path of least resistance Yeah, and actually work on the form and like be very mindful about it. And then you'll, you notice how much better everyone's form is for the next two rounds. Mm-hmm. So like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you find an aerial or in? paddleboard there's anything different than a regular class in a studio for you I think perhaps I would imagine like uh, you know in other teachers classes maybe but I really try to streamline all of the classes that I teach to have this sort of mind-body connection uh place so um but you're yeah. working a lot with fear too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely on the paddleboard, especially more so than in aerial. I think people are deathly mm-hmm. afraid of falling in mm-hmm. the water, <laughs> which is so funny to me because mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I'll be more uh, inclined to do crazier things on the paddleboard because I'm like, oh, I'm just falling in the water. Yeah. But people get really scared about it, and um, and I always make it optional. You know, I won't push anybody to 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 do something hard if they're really. Afraid, but mm-hmm. we do talk about it a little bit mm-hmm. and try to, you know, get them out of their heads mm-hmm. and into their bodies and know that it's fun if you mm-hmm. fall in the water. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and in Ariel, too, people are afraid to fall out of the hammock or go upside down. That or sounds be worse to me than falling in the water, <laughs> right? But you're usually not too far off the ground. And uh, there is this, um, I'll, I'll say throughout class, like trust the hammock. Yeah. Um, it's almost like when you're kicking mm. up to a wall in a handstand, you're like, yeah. trust that the wall will be there to yeah. catch you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is learning to trust your body, to yeah. just trust your body. And, um, and so, yeah, we do relate it all back to just like on a regular mat class, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. I find in the gyms, people think they don't want to hear about the spiritual aspect of yoga or the non-fitness aspect of Mm. yoga but as soon as I sneak it in people after class come and will thank me Uh about it and say oh Uh I love that you said that I was like see yeah you want to know about it yeah yeah I think there's a doorway for everyone whether they're coming to a gym or they're coming to paddleboard or they're coming to an inner yoga class there's there's a doorway that 
for people to enter some something beyond just the, the physical practice. Mm-hmm. 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 I think it's cool that there are so many different types of yoga these days, too, because it does offer many different doorways for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's almost as if the body experience doesn't really matter because we're all seeking the same thing in the end. And the road you're taking to get there, it's your choice. You want to do a power heated 90 minute class or you want to do a yin therapeutic mm-hmm. class doesn't matter mm-hmm. if at the end you're feeling better in your body you're feeling better in your mind you feel more connected mm-hmm. isn't that maybe what everybody is looking for yeah i think so mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure mm. <laughs> so i think that's kind of our conclusion right just going around the different types of yoga of different practice in the end maybe it's about the goal it's about where we're seeking and the repercussions of whatever practice you choose to do. Yeah, you just got to stick with it. Yeah, let the yoga work. Yeah, consistency. <laughs> Give it time. Uh-huh. Yeah, stay open to what mm-hmm. it what it can um, evoke in you, what it, you know, what it can support and and don't be tied to one specific style because I remember I started I started a very physical practice of so vinyasa mm-hmm. flow like super hard. Um and now I'm t- and now I take Vinny yoga, which is like breath based mm. and super slow. Oh yeah. So like your interests will change and just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. The first Yin class I took, I walked out of because <laughs> I, I could not be in a pose for seven yeah. minutes. It was so uncomfortable to be with my that's so my interesting mind and um, and then here I am just teaching you. Yeah, yoga. exactly. <laughs> so what would you want students to remember or go home with if? they're trying and they don't enjoy it if they're trying and it's hard and mm-hmm. if they feel that maybe it's not their place to be mm-hmm. uh, yeah it might be hard i mean other than giving give it time we said yeah. that i always mm-hmm. tell new students that come to the studio maybe for the first time or something to try all the different teachers that you can yeah. too i know that as a teacher that my teachings mm-hmm. are taken from all sorts of different teachers um so i think that's maybe something that can be helpful for newer students and um so seek that connection yeah and i I think as a teacher it's important to be giving our students options because maybe our approach is just not going to work for someone or it's not the right the right thing for them at the time and i think there are so many options to being able to refer them to different teachers so many resources out there so many resources and just have them maybe try something else and um yeah that it's not necessarily the first class they're going to go to is going to be their teacher or their their practice but showing them that there's options so they have to try Mm -hmm. they have to trust the process Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe they have to try again and again try Mm -hmm. different things yeah yeah Mm -hmm. they have to stick with it give Mm -hmm. it time Mm -hmm. and listen in try to discover what they're actually seeking what they need what they want what What makes them happy what makes them Ah, feel connected and like sit sit with that for a second i think is important and why why are you coming to class Mm -hmm. and i i say that at the beginning of classes lately i have been more like what maybe our intention today is is what what reason you came to yoga for you know we all show up for different reasons we all receive different gifts and what are yours Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, well, we could uh, we could continue forever, but I think we'll wrap this up here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before we go, let's go around the table. If people want to know more about you, they want to reach out, maybe take a class, where's the best place for them to find you? Jenna. Um, you could look on my website. It's jennamarinyoga.com, and that's J-E-N-N-A-M-A-R-Y-N yoga y-o-g-a dot com I'll put all the links in the show notes so okay, don't worry about it say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, or you could follow me on Instagram Jenna loves yoga great mm-hmm. Monique yeah you can find me on my website moniquehan.com and that's um, pretty inclusive of all of my offerings my yoga retreats workshops and uh, psychotherapy practice somatic body centered psychotherapy great mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find all of my stuff on my website, uh, <laughs> embracewonderyoga.com, and on Instagram too. Uh, it's embracewonderyoga. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you guys. Thank you, Erica. Thank you. Thanks, Erica. This was Thanks. so fun. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and being part of our first episode. We have super interesting guests lined up for you, so make sure to subscribe. It would also make my day if you left a review and you shared the podcast with your friends to help people find it. I will leave instructions in the show notes to help you if you've never done that before with all the information you need to know about our guest. And before you go, one more thing. I would love to hear your favorite definition of yoga and what it means to you. You can leave a comment below or tag me on your favorite social media platform, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and I'll share my favorite ones. Until next time.